In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Christ is in our midst. You've heard this phrase before, and it almost is a cliche because of the way that it seems to be used, applied uh, in this world, this society that we live in. You've heard the phrase, being madly in love. Madly in love. There used to be a, a, a sitcom called Mad About You. I remember that. And, and the, the whole kind of premise uh, in, the, uh, in the, uh, the, the manner in which it was presented and others is, is that uh, being madly in love is not as much about having a passion towards someone or being aligned with them in the way they think or having an intimate connection with them or communication or communion with them, but that uh, it, it's dominated by the emotions towards each other and uh, the emotions that are not so um, to be attained, in other words, that they are more about uh, the passion of anger and frustration and annoyance rather than of love and of respect and of sacrifice. There was a, a young adult conference a couple of years ago and I heard that the, the theme or the sub-theme was, was madly in love, being madly in love. And of course, the application that was in this conference to young people who are at that stage of life where uh, young men and young women were dating and, and uh, looking forward, looking toward continuing their life together, being in love and, and marriage and family. But its application in a much deeper sense and a much deeper meaning as Christians, as Orthodox Christians. And so there is this paradox that exists in this understanding of being madly in love. And it is in this context that we find ourselves today at the Sunday before the exaltation, the elevation, the exaltation of the Holy Cross, which we will celebrate this year on, on uh, Wednesday. So Tuesday evening we will have the Vespers, Wednesday we will have liturgy. That's my personal service announcement for you, so you can be here this week. It's a, it's a certainly should be understood as a great and major celebration and feast of our church because it is in the cross that we find so many answers to our life. And so in this paradox of being madly in love, we, we see this in this Feast of the Cross. And let us hear this very short gospel once again. The Lord said, no one from Gospel of John, no one has ascended into heaven, but he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man who is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God sent 
the Son into the world, not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Now this is a very short passage that we hear today as we look towards the Feast of the Cross, but it's part of a much greater and longer discussion or discourse, as it's said, that the Lord is having with Nicodemus, someone who was in his own um, right, in his own manner, and that we heard in the gospel as someone who was educated, someone who was knowledgeable about the Jewish faith. And yet he was also one who, though he was knowledgeable about this, was also knowledgeable about these things, was also someone who was seeking, someone who was open to the truth, to knowing more than just what the pages of a book said or what the tradition of the faith taught him, but to having a much deeper, greater, and more lasting relationship with the Lord. And this is, this is what, as Christians, we understand this and are to take and apply in our lives this cliche about being madly in love, because we are called to be madly in love with the Lord. And what does it mean to be in love in the sense of a spiritual relationship? Well, first, we look to what our Creator and how He loved us. And this is the essence of the gospel that we heard, for God so loved the world. It didn't start with the Son came and belief and crucifixion and resurrection and living a life in Christ and all these, these that are a result of this. It starts with, for God so loved the world. This is something that is the essence of the gospel. He loved it. He created the world and everything that's in it. And by the way, in the gospels and in the tradition of the church, the world means several different things. It means the world, the earth, the other planets, the stars, the moon, the heavens, and everything that is in it, the cosmos, the cosmos, and it also means the world, the society, the people that are in it, and their response, our response to each other and to Him. That's the world. So it means both things. And it can be applied in both ways here. For God so loved the world, of course, we would expect that He loves the world because He created it. And we also hear in Genesis, in Genesis chapter 3, that He created it perfectly. He created it good. It is good how He created the world and everything in it, us. But we also know from the same chapter in Genesis that we stumbled and fell. We meaning first man, Adam and Eve, stumbled and fell and rejected the goodness of creation. And then we read here in the Gospel of John, yet even with all this, he so loved the world that he gave his only son. You see, this is the essence of love. And this is how we can love. 
This is how we can take this truth and apply it to each other in this world. We can love because he first loved us, we hear in the epistles. So this is the foundation of this feast. But how do we look at God now? How is it that we respond to this truth that he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life? What is our response to this? How do we view God? How do we see that the world, society views God? There's this childhood game that was played. And I know we all know this. It's take a flower, it's a little daisy, and you pluck off the little petals. He or she loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. He loves me not. Down to the last one, and that's supposed to tell us about that other person. That sometimes is how we look at God. When things are going good, when things are well for us, He loves us. Everything's right in the world. But when things are not so good, when we struggle, whether it be physically with health or financially or relationally or any other way that we struggle in life, we may view God as not loving us so much at that time. He doesn't love us. He's not with us. He's not with me at this time. Is that the way we are to look at God? Is God the, the answer man? Is he the divine ATM that we simply press some buttons and put the card in and we get what we ask for? No, this is not the relationship that we have with God. He first loved so that we can love him and love others. Our response is the response to the divisiveness, our response to the divisiveness, to the, to the strife, to the pain, to the suffering, to the challenges, to the confusion, to all these things that we face in our lives and in our world, our response is to love Him as He loved us. And we do this by loving one another. These are the commandments that He gave us, to love the Lord your God, the new commandments that the Lord gave to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. We all the time find ourselves in a state of discord and of division and of disagreement and even of hate. 21 years ago today, on September 11th, there was an act of hate and of terror there was an act that took the lives of over 3,000 people. But the response to that, there was no division. There was no this group or that group, this race or that race. There was no discord. There was the response by people of all faiths of love, of assistance, of help, of mercy, of compassion, of sacrifice. People, men and women who went to save others, sacrificed their lives so that others could live. This is the love 
that the cross shows us. This is the love that in the sacrifice of God's Son, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that we should be like, we should be madly in love with this love, this sacrificial, divine, complete, holy, eternal love that our Lord showed us through His life, through His sacrifice, and through His death. This is why we lift up the cross. This is why we exalt the cross and process with it as we will Wednesday this year around the church to remind us, to remind us of this divine love. Saint Porfirio says about the cross and about the love of God, what is higher than the highest? Love for Christ is something else. It is without end, without satiety. It gives life. It gives strength. It gives health. It gives. It gives and it gives. And the more it gives, the more the person wishes to fall in love. When we look at the cross, we have faith in Him, our Lord who died for us, who rose from the dead, and who healed the effects of sin in our life and in this world. We are delivered from death and we are healed through the cross, through the love of God. Our Lord created all things perfect and beautiful, yet even though we turn away from it, continuously it seems, and we wander into the wilderness just like the Israelites of old did, and as we heard from the first part of the gospel, the serpents of sin bite us, attack us, draw us away from the love of God. We are to look to Christ, the conqueror of sin, the conqueror of death, the conqueror of Satan, because he has, again, through his sacrifice, through his crucifixion, and through his resurrection, granted us eternal life. Through the cross, joy has come to the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, so that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Amen.